Yes, let's give God the praise for His faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. Our God is a faithful God. He tells us in Acts 1 and 8, He tells us with His own words, Jesus says, but you shall receive power. You shall receive power, He says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then we read in the next chapter of Acts that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit of God came. And He came with power. And He didn't come to just be on us and with us and around us, but to dwell in us. Hallelujah. But you will receive power when you receive the Spirit of God. You will receive power that will transform your lives, that will transform your home, that will transform your body, that will transform your destiny when you receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus says you will receive power. You will receive dunamis is the word He used. We get our word dynamite. Dynamite moves things. Dynamite makes way for building. Dynamite makes, dynamite makes way for advancement. And you will receive power. Come on, people. You will receive, Jesus says, you will receive power. Here on this Pentecost Sunday, our anniversary falls on a Pentecost Sunday. And let me tell you what, we would do ourselves injustice and we would do our family injustice and we would do the kingdom of God injustice if we come in here for pomp and circumstance and just celebrate the years of past without celebrating the presence of the Spirit of the living God who can bring power into our lives and change us from the inside out. Hallelujah. Let's just say it together. Welcome. Holy Spirit, come on, welcome, Holy Spirit, come fill this temple. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Say, fill this temple with your power, with your anointing, hallelujah. And Lord, as we welcome you, I pray, there would be a manifest of healing and there would be a manifest of transformation and there would be years added to their life and there would be strength added to their body. And Lord God, their names, Lord God, written in the Lamb's book of life, they would run this race with perseverance. Lord, we welcome you. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Not only in our individual bodies, but in this temple that we've built for You, in this house of worship, fill it with Your glory. Fill it with Your anointing. Fill it with healing virtue. Fill it, Lord God, with demon-destroying and yoke-destroying and bondage-releasing out of prison the power in this house. Hallelujah. Welcome, Holy Spirit. You, Jesus said, I didn't say it. If I said it, I might couldn't back it up. I've made promises out of my great desire to do something before and not had the ability to back it up and had to embarrass, with embarrassment, ask for forgiveness. But let me tell you what, what Jesus says He can do. He not only can do it, He's already done it. Hallelujah. He proved it on the cross and in the grave and with an empty grave and then ascending unto the heavens and He has sent His Spirit. Quench not the Spirit of God. Quench not the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Happy anniversary to Christian Embassy. You are the most wonderful folks. Thank God for you. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They took my clock down. So I believe, believe me, we got all day. There, there, no, no limitations, Brother Steve. No limitations. There's no clock. Praise God. <laughs> oh, we thank you for being here this morning. My, it has been such a beautiful journey. Looking back with everything cleaned up, it's beautiful. But going through it, it was messy. 25 years ago, I remember coming here on the property. There was a little chapel there that undoubtedly some of the pastors and all had lost a key or something. Some, they didn't have a key, so they had a chain on the wooden doors and to secure it, even though some windows had been busted out and the animals said it's not secure. They moved in. We had raccoons and squirrels and possums and snakes and birds. And we're not a snake handling church, don't anybody get nervous? We're not that. But we got rid of those snakes, I can tell you. But I remember we were standing there, uh, this gentleman and I, and he brought some bolt cutters, and we were cutting the bolts off of the door. And as uh, the bolt cutters were going and, and uh, cutting those bolts, uh, that, that lock, I think I have a presentation for that, if you guys could get that up. Yeah, and uh, that's not the exact picture, but the chain is a little more rusty than that. But the Lord spoke to me, and God said, as it popped, I heard it, I just popped. The Spirit of the Lord just said to me, don't lock these doors again. And that was in June 1st, 1992. It was a Monday, first, first day, Monday in June. And it shook me. And I asked the gentleman, did you hear that? He said, what? I said, oh, that, and then I just kind of backed down again. The Lord knew that we were going to go through some challenges. The Lord knew everything wasn't going to be level ground. There was going to be some uphills that we were going to have to climb. And there were some valleys that we'd, we would fall into. But he said, I do not want you to lock these doors again. And then this gentleman told me he had been here with a real estate agent. They were going to sell the property. And the Lord made him tell the real estate agent, I'm not done here yet. You're not selling this property. And that's why they called me and asked me if I'd come and, and do, start a work here. And uh, the Lord said, don't lock these doors. And I was so shaken by that for 12 years. I wouldn't even lock the doors. The doors of the church, they were open 24-7. And, uh, and I knew what the Lord meant. But I just wanted to, I, I, I want to do what the Lord says. Even if I go overboard, do I don't think you can err in serving the Lord and honoring the Lord. Amen? To me, to me, this day and age, if we're not careful, we get caught up in this just doing enough to get by. Let me tell you what, if you know God's reality, like I know God is reality, you don't want to do enough for Him just to get by. I want to be up front. I want to be doing and leading and giving and serving where He has called me to do. Because let me tell you what, great is thy faithfulness. When ever, your mom, your dad, your, anybody you've ever trusted, they have a limitation. You can, they are not God and they will let you down. But let me tell you what, you can put your trust in the Lord. And He is faithful, and there is no shadow of turning with Him. And I remember this young 20-year-old guys here, and I hear the Lord say, don't lock these doors, and I'm all, all excited about planting a church, not knowing what's ahead. But these words have come back to me over the years when, when the devil would say, you just need to sh shut the doors and just leave. You just, this is not going anywhere. And I kept saying, the Lord said, do not, don't lock these doors. And, and, and it, it put within me, because I came out of an environment and I came out of uh, uh, situations, uh, even in Bible college, where I heard so much of folks quitting. 
They'd go through, get their education and seminary, and they would start out and ministry wouldn't be like it was, they expected it to be, and, and they're quitting. And I'm hearing this as my, my uh, uh, upperclassmen had graduated, and they're stopping and dropping like flies. And by the time I'm a senior, the word comes back that such a small percentage are actually going on and doing ministry. And I had this thing that, you know, if it doesn't work out, well, God, you'll help me find something else. There's, there's things God wants you to put your hand to, and He wants you to stick with it. Marriage is one of those. Do you hear what I'm saying? He wants you to put your hand to it, and He wants you to stick with it. It's not always going to be uh, the, the song and, and, the, and the beautiful sounds. There's some challenges in growing a family, but you need to be committed to what God has called you to. And I said, yes, Lord, yes. And I just, he put within me a don't quit spirit. A don't quit spirit. And I just want to share for a few minutes with you. I want, to, I want to be contagious. I specifically didn't go to the doctor. I didn't go see you, Dr. East. I didn't go see you, Dr. Wing. I didn't go and get a prescription and try to get rid of the fever so that I'm not contagious. I want to be contagious. I want to be contagious. Because I believe this is something we all need to be influenced by. We need a don't give up and a don't quit spirit when it comes to serving the Lord and living for God. And if the whole world around us would, would bow their knees to the bales of, and, and the asuras and the false gods of this world, there needs to be a remnant that will stand up for righteousness and stand up for the truth and stand up for the Word of God and say, come hell or high water, I'm not giving up on the church of God. I'm not giving up on the Spirit of God. I'm not giving up on the name of Jesus. I'm not giving up on the blood bought power that he's provided for me I'm not giving up I'm not going to quit hallelujah I say in these days there's one thing you need you if you're going to walk with God you need to don't quit let me tell you what he's the only one that can get us through he's the only one that can take us to an eternity without any complication of sin and bondage he's the only one so don't give up and don't give out and don't give in and don't quit. I know you're here this morning and the devil tried to keep you from being here. We got calls and said, you know, we were supposed to be doing this part and there was an accident. I was in an accident. And there was this one that said I was supposed to and there was some travel delay. And, and it just kept coming and kept coming. Let me tell you what, if the devil stops fighting you, then you need to get nervous. But as long as the devil is fighting you, you need to say, I'm in the right place doing the right thing at the right time and I'm not letting the devil influence me. I'm going to influence him. I'm not going to let him put me back. I'm going to put him back. Jesus said all authority over all the power of the enemy has been given to me and he's under my feet and by no means shall he harm me. So I need to exercise that dunamis. I need to exercise that power that comes with the Holy Spirit and I need to resist the devil. Fight the devil. Come against the devil. Cast out the devil. And I need to keep on keeping on for the Lord. Amen. My scripture for you this morning in my sermonette. Brother Harry, this is a sermonette. Okay. Brother Harry, he came to a, a, a healing rooms training. Uh, actually, it was right before healing rooms started. And I had the intercessors in there. And I did a little sermonette. It was probably six minutes or shorter. And he was visiting and coming in to check out the healing rooms. And he said that sermonette caught him. So he said, I got to go back to that church and, and get some more sermonettes. And he's confessed that I've never preached six minutes ever again since then. <laughs> 
But here's my little sermonette because we have others that will be sharing here. And it's based in Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not grow weary. Now God would not say that if He knew the challenges of weariness would not be coming after us. And He knew that weariness would not jump on us as an enemy jumping out of, the, uh, out of the bush because we would recognize it. He says growing weary. So I mean it's a slow process. It's a slow ebbing away. It's a slow erosion. That if you're not careful, you don't even recognize. You don't even realize that it's happening. And you grow weary. So let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season... Now this is a promise from God. This isn't a promise from any council of bishops. This isn't a promise from any organization or any particular church. This is a promise from God. For in due season, you're going to reap. In due season, you're going to reap. Somebody needs to turn your... You need to go and, 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 and tune up your combiner right now. We grew up on a farm and when we were planting, we had the planters all tuned and oiled so that we could plant. We could, we got the disc and we would disc the field. We had the harrow, we'd harrow the field. We had the planters, the row planters, we'd plant. The, 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 the combiner sat under the cucumber shed. It would just sit over there under the cucumber, this big cucumber shed. We had a, a contract with uh, the, the pickle company and all with cucumbers and stuff. So they would sit back there behind that. We didn't mess with it because it wasn't harvest time. But boy, when everything was maturing and we knew we had a season that we could get in before the rains came and the fields were too boggy and we could get that harvest, we would start working and making sure the belts were replaced and, and the engine was operating and the tires were not dry rot and ready to roll and, and, the, and the combiners could go. And, and when you saw us working on the combiners, we knew harvest was right around the corner. Well, let me tell you what. It's time for you, the people of God, you who've been serving God. You have even partnered with us for so many years. There's, there's, uh, there's people here that's partnered with me for 52 years. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. And my sister for 45 years or 47 years. Thanks, sis. And brother and, uh, and sister Richardson, Ed and Marianne Richardson, uh, they've partnered with me since 1985, I think it was, when I went to Bible college. But even before that, they didn't even realize the influence they had on my life. I was a little boy and, and, and unfortunately grew up in a, a group of men. And my dad was involved in that men and they were blinded to the truth of God. And they, turned, they tried to turn all the boys against church and against God. That's for girls. That's for wimps. That's, that's not for boys. Let the girls go do that church stuff. If you're going to be a real man, you better not go to church. And that's why most of my cousins today, they don't, they don't even darken the doors of a church. They, they were brainwashed. But my mom, this lady right here, she took us to this church service. And I don't know if Brother Ed was the regular teacher or fill-in. But he was sitting behind the desk in a little classroom and all of us little boys. Stand up, Caleb, real quick. Stand up. I was probably about Caleb, Caleb's age. My son here. Okay, thanks, Caleb. I was about that size. And I was sitting there. And here's this man that, that, that owned this uh, automobile business and dealt with big motors. And, and, and oh my goodness, that, he drove a, a, a tow truck. Remember that? You'd drive it to church. And man, that's a man. Man drives a tow truck. And I pictured this man, he could pick up engines. For some reason, I just saw he could pick an engine up out of a car and, 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 and handle it. And he's sitting in this classroom. 
And he's sitting there and he starts telling us the story how the devil tricked him and how the devil got him in bondage and how the devil was destroying him through alcohol and abuses and things like that. And it was just destroying his life. And then he started telling us about when he met Jesus and how Jesus came in his heart. And big old tears started running down his cheek. And he's sitting there and, and he's slowly just kind of reliving it. But he's, I could see the genuineness of it. And as a little boy, for the first time, I said, you know what? A little boy, a man can serve God. Because Brother Ed, he can pick an engine up with his own hands and he can drive a tow truck. Man, this guy's awesome. And he loves Jesus. And he can cry. And that's not a girly thing. And it opened my heart. I believe it kept an open door where I wish so many of my cousins had, a, had that opportunity and not close their doors. Still not too late for them. Many of them, uh, we can pray for them. But let me tell you what. This little boy here, at 10 years old or maybe a little younger, I said, I can serve God. I didn't know how to serve God. I didn't really know a lot about God. But I knew I saw a man. And he's sitting right here. Drove up in South Carolina uh, just, just yesterday. He and his wife, Miriam. Thank you guys so much. And then I went to Bible college and I'd saved up some money. And, and when I got to Bible college, God says, I got something to teach you. I said, yes, Lord, I'm here to learn. I'm in seminary. He says, I want you to give all that money away. And don't let anybody know who you're giving it to. Let it be anonymous. I said, no way, God. I, I, you helped me save this. And I got this Dodge Diplomat, 1979 Dodge Diplomat, I think it was. That mama, I got it from mama and I had a car payment on it. And $101.02. I'm like, Lord, you know, how in the world? I got this money. I can take care of this thing. He said, I need you to give it away. I said, yes, Lord. So I gave, started giving it away, envelopes of cash everywhere, teachers and, and, and people are helping out in the college. And I was just, and next thing it's gone. And then that month's running around. And I'm like, oh my, God, I, I expected, you know, mail. Mom, I don't know what you were doing. I wasn't getting any mail that month. <laughs> I, I'm like, I wouldn't, I, I, the mail call. And they'd come by my room and wouldn't even open the door. And I'm like, oh, where's my mail? I'm like, what's going to happen? How am I going to pay this car payment? And then I kept saying, Lord, I'll trust you. I'll trust you. And then I said, how am I going to pay this car payment? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And then I get a little moment. Oh, it's, it's Friday. I mean, it's Wednesday. Lord, I got to go pick up a job. Out, uh, I got to sneak off campus. It was against the rules to go off campus. And, and I said, but I want to sneak off campus to break the rules of your seminary here, God, because I got to go work. I got a car payment. And he said, I told you, I'll take care of you. I said, yes, Lord. But be honest with you, I was biting my nails. I was, anybody ever been there? You know, you want to trust God. You really want to trust God, but you're biting your nails. And then mail call came. The day it was due. And the, the, they so unused to giving me mail, they didn't even open the door. They just slid it under the door. <laughs> and I opened that letter, and that letter starts telling a story. And, uh, and it was from this Abbey Lane fish, uh, shrimping boat. And it starts telling about how God, speaking to a man in his time of prayer, and said, I want you to give 10% to this boy that's in college. I want you to give 10%. And my mind begins to see an Abbey, Abbey Lane fishing boat. I'm seeing a, you know, the picture of a fishing boat going out. And they're fishing and shrimping and catching shrimp. I'm just seeing this. This story is just playing out in my mind. And they go to market and they weigh the shrimp. And there's, there's an auctioneer. I'm, I'm just seeing the whole thing. A bit, you know, what's, the, what's the going price for the big size shrimp and stuff. And, and then it all weighs out. And it comes to this amount. And then this tithe is given off of it. And it was a check for $101.02. My car payment. 
And I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, at that moment, I'll take it to eternity with me, at that moment my life was changed. And the Lord said, whatever I've called you to do, if you'll do it, I'll provide for you. I'll provide. See, God could have had them send the thousands to pay it off. Every month, $101.02. I would get a note at Christmas time. There would be two checks in there, each for $101.02, and says we can't add it together. The Lord said it has to remain at this number, so forgive us for giving you two checks as a Christmas present. And it's like the Lord rubbed it in, and He rubbed it in for four years. He rubbed it in. 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, 48 months, doubled up at Christmas, doubled up at birthdays. He rubbed it in because he says, I've got greater things for you to do. And when I call you to do it, I don't want you to give up. And I don't want you to say you can't do it because you don't have the funds. Because it's not your job to raise the funds. He says, I'll speak to the hearts of men. Even if I have to drive brainless shrimp into a net to weigh out at the right proportion, at the right market price to give you to the penny what you need. I'm going to take care of my children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it was this couple. It was this couple right here. Ed and Mary and Richard that was doing that for all of those years. I've told the story a thousand times. I've told it on television. I've told it on the radio. I've told it in this sanctuary. I've told it in camp meetings around the world. But let me tell you what. They made the trip up here to this weekend to celebrate with us. And here it is 25 years later for this ministry. And since 1985, when I went to college, and when I was Caleb's age 10 in a Sunday school room, God has used this couple to tell his story to the generations of Christian embassy and all that we read. Give God the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God. So don't grow weary while doing good. For new season you will reap if you do not lose heart. The devil will lie to you and try to get you to quit. The devil, not God, the devil will lie to you. Anything you hear that is trying to get you to quit or grow weary is a lie straight from hell. Jesus said in John 8, 44 that Satan's the father of lies, right? So what you need to do is when he tells you something, you need to start rejoicing because the, just the opposite is true. Amen? When he says you'll never make it, you need to start dancing and say, I'm going to make it. I must be near the, 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 the finish line. You need to rejoice because he's a liar. And what he's saying, the opposite is true. Hallelujah. He tells you you're going to die. You just go ahead and start rejoicing and say, I'm going to live. I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. He'll tell you your life's not worth anything. You start rejoicing and you say, God has made me to be a vital part of ushering in the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ by the power of His Holy Spirit. Praise His name. Hallelujah. So that we don't just leave here with a celebration, but that you leave here with some encouragement and empowerment from God's Word and His Spirit. I'm going to just touch two quick lies. There's 70, 75 probably, but two quick lies that the devil's been telling you. I know he has, as he's been telling me, but let me tell you what, they're lies from the pit of hell. And the first one is, you don't have what it takes. 
You don't have what it takes to do what God's called you to do. You don't have what it takes to finish the role and fulfill the purpose of God and walk into your destiny. You don't have what it takes. He told me, here you are, a punk kid from Earl, South Carolina that didn't even wear shoes for three to four months out of every year and you out there cropping tobacco and out there working on an old John Deere tractor and you, you don't, who are you? Who are you slopping the pigs? Who are you? And, and you just don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. Well, I got some news for the devil. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you need to hold on to that scripture right now because the devil's been calling you some punk kid too that can't do what God's called you to do. And you need to say as, as well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And go on into John, uh, 1 John 4 and 4, and you can say, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. We've got to not just say that, we've got to believe it. Greater is he, the Spirit of the living God that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in us. Hallelujah. You need to declare Romans 8 and 11, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who has raised Christ from the dead will also give life. He'll give Zoe life. He'll give abundant life to these mortal bodies. These mortal bodies. Anybody need any Zoe life in your mortal body? You hurting anywhere right now? You got a weakness anywhere? You, you can't really hold your thoughts together. There's some brokenness in you right now in the name of Jesus. Just say, I receive. I receive this abundant life. Jesus, you said Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm rebuking him right now. Go ahead and say, I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. Say, I receive it right now. I receive that abundant life. I receive healing in my body. I receive healing in every organ in my body. I receive healing in every system of my body. I receive healing in every bone, muscle, ligament, and tendon. I I receive healing in my mind. I receive healing in my eyes. I receive healing in my ears. I receive healing in my speech. I receive healing in my sensation. I receive healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Say amen. Amen. The devil will tell you you're not strong enough. You had not been saved long enough. You don't know enough Scripture. You don't have a godly heritage. Uh, uh, look at how you grew up. Look at the people you grew up. Look at your past. Look how feeble you are. Look at uh, you don't have enough wisdom. You don't have enough uh, 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 experience or understanding. Uh, you don't have what it takes. You're not strong enough. But the good news is we don't have to rely on our own strength. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that when we are weak, He is strong. When we are weak and rely on Him, He'll do in us and through us what could never be accomplished in any other place. And I just got to kind of wrap things up with Isaiah 40 here where he says, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, not, not just a God, but the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And he gives what? He gives power. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases their strength. And even the youth shall faint and grow weary and the young men shall utterly fall but they but they come on say I'm a they I'm a they never they that wait upon the Lord the Bible says shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles and they shall run and not grow weary and they shall walk and not faint hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord and then let's land this plane with lie number two. He says, you'll never reach your goal. You'll never reach your goal. See, most of us grew up with, with the discovery, 
many, some of you to discovery, some of us moving along, of microwave ovens. How many of you remember the day before microwave ovens? Raise your hand. Oh, you tell it. Whoa. Whoa. A lot of you folks. And then they came along and some people said, I'm not eating anything out of that. There's no heat. There's, whoa, this is, this is witchcraft. <laughs> Radiation. Yeah. <laughs> but since the invention of the microwave, it has really fertilized our desire for instant gratification. And I'm here to tell you there's some things that's not that good when it's instant. We won't get into my cooking. I know I give you my recipes up here when I talk about this. We won't get into that today because I don't want to get you too hungry. We're not ready to go. But instant is not as good. You can get an infant that is born and he's not going to instantly be an adult. There's a process. God is a God of process of the seed and then it's sprouting and then it bearing uh, fruit and it growing and maturing the matur maturation process. So, so many times when God has called us to put our hands to something and it doesn't instantly grow into what we had hoped and anticipated and been believing for, we get discouraged, we throw in the towel, we grow weary and we don't reap. The devil, that's yielding to the lie of the devil that says, you'll never reach your goal. You're just not going to, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. You're not going to finish. Look at you. Look at all the problems you've had. Who do you think gave us those problems? The jerk. He's pointing them out as though it's something God did when he did it. And he's trying to get you to give up on what God has called you to do. He says, look at the setbacks. Look at the messes you've made. Look at the two steps forward and three steps back that you have done. You'll never finish. And then he'll start with us as we start aging. He'll say, you're too old. You're too old. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. I can prove to you over and over and over, God using 80-year-olds and 100-year-olds and 120-year-olds, over and over, and that was with the old covenant. And we have a better covenant built by, on better promises with a greater high priest, Jesus Christ himself, with not the blood of rams and bulls and, and doves, but the blood of the Lamb of God. We have a better covenant than those that went on to 120-plus serving the Lord. So don't you buy into that lie, you're too old. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus. He's the author and the what? So if we don't turn from him, he's going to help you finish well. Weary not in well-doing. For you will reap if you faint not, the Bible says. Amen? We're here today to celebrate on this Pentecost Sunday 25 years of God's faithfulness. And in those 25 years of faithfulness, one of the greatest transformations that has taken place in the physical realm, there are so many more in the spiritual realm. There are people in heaven today because of what God has done through Christian embassy. There are people who will live throughout eternity. There are people who have been raised up in ministry that are winning souls to Jesus right now all over the world that's been, that's been launched out of this place. That's the eternal blessings. But one of the, the greatest miracles of physical blessing was when God said, I want you to rise and I want you to build. And I want you to expend, extend those uh, tent posts. 
I want you to let the curtains go out, extend the, the uh, lengthen your cords. He says, because I'm taking you to another level. And I'm telling you what, it was a big step of faith. And we stepped out. And as Pastor Rodica said, sometimes we were walking on the water and it felt really good. And there was other times that we were sinking. I remember one time in particular we were sinking and uh, as Peter was sinking when he got his eyes off of Jesus, he got him on the wind and the waves and he started sinking. Okay, remember that? Did he drown? No, why? Because he looked back to Jesus. Amen. Well, we, we were sinking. We had started this project. We, we paid cash as we were going. We had someone, Susan Gambino, if she's tuning in from New York or Florida, or whichever place she's at today, she, she just felt in her heart impressed to, to help us. She just loaned us some money to get started so that we could step out and start building. Uh, uh, then the Budalis, I don't know if Anna, are they here? You guys here? Where are you at me? If I can see you. Over here. Yes, yes. God bless all oh, the Badalis, what a blessing. Uh, John and Anna Badali uh, said, the Lord told us to help you guys. They, they, they didn't even attend our church, but they said, the Lord told us to help you guys. And these guys gave sacrificially and trusted the work of God in our hands. And we got going and things were, were moving. And, and that contractor uh, left out of state and didn't come back. So we're left without a contractor that said he would do it, you know, without charge. So we're, we're stuck here. We got metal, all the steel, a $400,000 building laying out here. And, and we had footers out here. And, and that was it. And metal laying everywhere, rusting. And we're like, what are we going to do? And we start sinking. And I said, Rodica, what are we going to do? And she says, I don't know what we're going to do. We drive up and see the steel, and we're like, oh, we got to get our eyes on Jesus. And then we were at one of our business functions, and, and uh, this gentleman, the new vice president of uh, R.D. Lambert and general contracting, came in. Uh, I reached out to him because I saw Lambert. He works for Lambert's. I said, I might be got a rich uncle here I don't know about. <laughs> That maybe that's the answer to my prayer. I didn't know we had any Lamberts here in Virginia, but man, if he says Lambert, I'm, I need to talk to him. Come to find out, Charlie Lambert had died many, many, many years ago, and his company had such a great reputation, they just kept the name of it. But here's new vice president stepped in, and he comes to that luncheon, and we're sharing about our business and so forth. And, and then uh, he, we go around, and everybody tells what they're doing, and he tells us what he's doing. General contractor, build commercial buildings. We said... Pastor Rodico, she's like a hound dog. When she gets the scent, it's you on, baby. You on. You ain't getting free from that. She can find you if you climb a tree. She can find you. Coons, coons to get away from a coon dog that was running him. A coon would tag a tree. He'd run up a tree and then he would jump way over here and go climb another tree. And the dumb dog, if he's not smart, would go over here and say, whoa, boy, and he'd start treeing the coon over here. Well, well, a smart dog would go smell around to see if there was any fresher tracks that was leading away. Well, let me tell you what. You got a wise hound here. She, Brother Steve couldn't have got away if he'd have wanted to. Thank God he didn't. And she said, you know, we got to meet. Next thing you know, he's out here. And he's standing here looking at all this mess back here. And he's just looking. And he says, I think we can do something. I think we can do something. And let me tell you, this man stepped in. But a church that didn't have a, a, a banking, at that time, no banks was going to back us. And we'd do it. We, were, we were in a mess. We were in a mess. And he says, let's just take and see if we can't get the steel off the ground and get it preserved. Let's see if we just can't close this building in. Even if it takes us a little longer, let's just see. I'll help you guys. And let me tell you what, he came in, and, and I was not sleeping at night. I couldn't because this thing, this thing was weighing on me so. And then he says, my job, Pastor is to let you sleep at night again. He said, basically, let me handle it. 
And he stepped in, and this became so easy. I'm ready to build again. If we had more money, I'm ready to build again. He makes it easy. There was no stress at all. So he gets in here, and the Lord just helps him move upon his gracious heart. He's got his mom and dad with him right here, and a significant other with him that's just beautiful. Oh, my goodness, God is blessing him. Blessing, blessing. So he came in, and here it began. And, uh, and, and next thing I know, I drive up, and there would be beams up. I'd drive up, and there'd be some roofing going on. And I'd drive, no, no stress on me at all. And then we got the downstairs done, and we moved in, and uh, the upstairs was just like a football field of cement. And then he says, you know, let's, let, you know, if you're ready, we can go on and do that. And our school is growing, and uh, the Veritas school is growing, and we needed the space there, and we wanted to help the school out and sacrificially, and he worked and got the upstairs done just this January. And let me tell you what, we're here today to dedicate a building complete because of God, but God working through his power through this gentleman here, Steve Bunting. Amen. So come on up, Steve. And I want him to just share some words with you from, from his heart this morning, brother. Man, you make it easy. You make it look easy. And I made it fun. <laughs> Praise God. Well, good morning. If we could just get the ushers to come forward one more time. <laughs> Actually, patience is a good thing, and I learned that this week again, actually. Uh, this week, I, got, I saw a Facebook post, actually, and it said that you were having this service, and I was going to be speaking. And I was packing, getting ready to go to Austin, Texas. Me and Carolyn were going. Her son had bought a house out there, and we were going to help him move. And so I was trying to cover all the bases at work before I left and trying to get packed and trying to get ready to go. And I started thinking, I don't know what I'm going to say. So we got to Austin, we flew out there, we hit the ground and we started working immediately. Uh, and I'm thinking the whole time, what am I going to say? I got to get back, I got to speak, what am I going to say? So we worked and, and Saturday came along and it was time for us to come home, 5 o'clock in the morning. So uh, Carolyn works for the airlines, so we fly, I fly on standby. And so if anybody knows anything about standby, you know that you just kind of stand by. You may get your flight, and you may not get your flight. So we got to the airport, and as soon as we got there, we found out that there had been some weather in Dallas, Texas, which had changed the flight significantly. So our flight that we were going to take to go to Charlotte was full. So we stood by. We looked at another flight, and it was full, so we stood by again. Then finally we found a flight to get us to Philadelphia. And we got that flight, and we got there. We were really only about an hour or two delayed, I think. And we got from Philadelphia back to here yesterday. And so we got back in plenty of time for me to get up here and say what I had to say. But I still didn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> so it, it started to dawn on me that this process was like flying on standby. So when I met Pastor Tim back in January of 2013, we were at the, uh, the Shepherd's Guide event. And I found that they had a building. It was pretty exciting to me. I was at a new company. I just arrived at R.D. Lambert, vice president, uh, with the option to buy the company. So for me, I was really excited. This is a great project. You know, it's a huge ministry facility. It was very exciting. So Pastor Radika didn't have to chase me very far. <laughs> so we came out and we took a look. And it was quite, it was a, quite a daunting task 
when I looked at things, the, uh, the footings were in, the sand pad was here, there was grass growing out of it. There were some plumbing pipes, but they weren't very well defined, but we could kind of see what was here. There were some contracts that had been written, some work that already had begun, but not finished. And even for me, as a type A personality, a person who really thrives in those, those types of challenges, well, I said, no problem, I think I can do something. I didn't know yet what I could do. So, so we started looking at it, we started looking at the amount of money that was available and that kind of thing, and we just kind of went forward on faith. In the beginning, we wrote contracts. As we finished a project, we no longer needed contracts. So we wrote a contract to erect the building, to erect the shell. Oh, and by the way, there's some good news and there's some bad news. The good news, he told me, only 10 or 15 minutes. The bad news is there's no clock. So this, this could take a while. Um, so we wrote a contract to uh, build the shell. We wanted to get the building up off the ground so that it wouldn't continue to rust, get it erected. And I think by about June of 2013, we had agreed to do that. So as we got ready to start work, uh, that weekend there was a storm that blew in. As you know, we get some pretty, pretty good storms, some pretty good wind, rain, lightning, and that kind of thing. Um, and the building was stored back here on the back of the lot. So the week that we came to work, we found out that lightning had hit a tree out back, knocked it over, and it had landed on top of the building. So while we were excited to get started, we couldn't. We had to pause. We were on standby so that we could do the insurance claim. So we did that. The insurance company paid for it and everything. And we proceeded to get the, the building erected. We got the, the uh, shell of the building done. Uh, and then we had the Kingdom Advance banquet. Remember the Kingdom Advance? I've got to take my notes out here because I won't remember this. So I did figure out what I was going to say. I just did it yesterday. So I'm speaking a little bit off the cuff. So remember the Kingdom Advance meeting, our, our banquet that we had? I was asked to speak at that as well. And I started thinking about finishing the project. And I wasn't sure what finish meant. And so apparently there's, some, there's a real debate in the linguistics community about what finish means. And so a gentleman by the name of Sansadar Balgadon, he's a Guyanese linguist, was at a convention, and he was the moderator of it. And one of the linguists in the audience had asked him that there's not really a clear definition of finished versus complete. And they asked him what he thought. And his response was, if a man marries the right woman, he's complete. If he marries the wrong woman, he's finished. <laughs> if the right one catches him with the wrong one, he's completely finished. <laughs> so, so I started thinking <clears throat> that what we were trying to do is we were trying to finish phase one, but we were not necessarily going to be complete. So. We were fortunate that at some point during the process, I don't know if she's here this morning or not. Is Susan Murphy here? Oh, there she is over there. Susan Murphy with SunTrust Bank. She deserves a round of applause. As Pastor Tim mentioned, they were building on faith. They really didn't have the financing. They didn't have the funds. I was okay with that. Still am. Uh, and, but they needed some financing to really take the next step. You know, we had thought that Paying as they went through faith, which is a great way to go, could potentially take five, six, ten years. Um, we had some design issues 
with the site design. It was essentially way over design. So we, we brought in, uh, Susan came in, talked to him. We brought in Pete Berkheimer from Engineering Services. We, we redesigned the site, and we were able to knock $500,000 off the cost of construction of the site. So by doing that, we were able to come to a finished construction cost that allowed SunTrust and Susan to be able to do the construction financing for the church. And that really was a turning point because at that point, we could move much more quickly. So uh, we got the building up. We're getting ready to pour the concrete for the first floor and the second floor. And um, it was December, a time when usually weather becomes a big issue for pouring concrete. But I remember... Uh, we got a little window of weather, and it was, I think it was 80 degrees in December. And so we hurried up, we poured the first floor slab, and then we said, well, let's go ahead and do the second floor too, and the, the weather held up, so we went ahead and poured the second floor mezzanine concrete as well. So it was interesting to me as we went along the process, this kind of goes back to what Pastor Tim was saying earlier, that if you would just trust him, that he'll provide for you what you need when you need it. So all along the way, while we're kind of building on standby, um, things just keep happening. Bankers come in, engineers come in. Um, at one point, when we were trying to get the certificate of occupancy so that we could occupy the first floor, um, the city was telling us that we had to put in a turn lane at the road out there, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> And I'm so glad I'm speaking before him and not after. He's a tough act to follow. So, so we went down to the, I remember the city said, well, we've got concerns about traffic and this and that. So I remember one Sunday morning that I actually sat out there across the street and took videos of traffic and counted cars to try to make the case that right now we're okay. There's not enough traffic that it won't impact us. And so they allowed us to temporarily delay the installation of the turn lane so that I think it was Easter three years ago. We were able to stand right here and have the first service in the new building. That was really, it was an amazing moment. I don't know how many of you were here for that service, but it was an incredible time, really very incredible. Um, and so one of the things that I learned about standby, and this dawned on me yesterday as well, I, I was very fortunate. And so I want to talk about the building, but I also want to talk about my, my friend, Pastor Tim. Um, I was very fortunate that while I was on standby, that Carolyn, who has 30 years of experience in the airline industry, she knew exactly how to navigate through the obstacles. She knew which websites to go to to find alternate flights, what agents to talk to, how to get us there. So I pretty much just sat back and relaxed and waited on standby while she did the work. And so it taught me a little bit um, about patience. And we talk about uh, payments on the project. I'm happy to wait. Because I, I believe that uh, one of my favorite verses, one of the verses in the Bible that's most inspirational to me and has been for a very long time, is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. To consider it pure joy when you face trials of any type, because the testing of your faith brings on perseverance. And perseverance must complete its work so that you'll be mature, not lacking anything. So as I look around here today, 
You know, our plan was to get the first floor finished, get everybody moved in. Maybe someday we'll get the second floor, maybe. We'll kind of get the school in here and then cram into the first floor and all. Um, the patience, the perseverance, along with the vision that you had to rise and build, the faithfulness that you had, and never once ever saw either one, Pastor Radika or Pastor Tim, waver, show a lack of faith, lack of concern, um, and their perseverance. The building is now mature. It lacks nothing. When you walk through here, it's a beautiful campus. And I, take, I don't take credit for that. It was the vision and the faithfulness and the perseverance. So I feel very fortunate um, to have been part of it. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity. Thank you for pursuing me, even though it wasn't that hard. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know a lot of you here at Christian Embassy. You've all been very kind. You've said such great things and been so supportive. You've been extremely supportive of Pastor Tim and his vision. And I think that's a, a remarkable sign of leadership on your part. Um, pastor Tim, besides being a great pastor and loving father and husband, um, he's also a designer and builder. And as a matter of fact, if you saw in the video, there's a picture of him on a backhoe. So, so since he stepped into my arena a little bit, I'm going to step into yours a little bit today. I'm going to do my own sermonette. So, um, but it's, it's really been a joy. It's been a pleasure. There's, rarely are there jobs that um, touch you, that move you, that inspire you, uh, that cause you to grow as a person, as a business leader, the way that this one has. And it's been a, truly an honor to be part of it. And R.D. Lambert thanks you. I thank you personally. And uh, I look forward to building again in the near future. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Steve. And yes, that brings us to another uh, divine appointment. We believe in divine appointments. You, you need to be expecting miracles and expecting God to make a way where there seems to be no way. And, and when God wants to bless you, he'll send a person to you. And when the devil wants to curse you, he'll send a person to you. So you got to be careful about the relationships that you keep near you. Well, there again, in another one of our business meetings, uh, we had the privilege of bringing uh, Dr. Alan Krasnoff, the mayor of Chesapeake, in. I didn't know him at that time, and we had invited him to come and speak at one of our business functions, and, and he came. We fell in love with him. I met a mayor that loved the Lord. I met a mayor that was not ashamed of him. I met a mayor that was passionate and energetic and, and just had so much zeal in life. And I said, I love this guy. I love this guy. And then uh, his precious wife, Sister Phyllis, uh, and he start coming to the little chapel there. And, and, and it was like, we got the mayor of a city of a quarter of a million people coming to this little old building where the AC doesn't take the sweat off of your brow and the heat doesn't warm you in the winter. You see, I got a vent right here. I got AC now. Hallelujah. But um, I'm like, wow. And then he just, he just began to, to reach out to us and say, how can I help? How can I serve? That's his heart. How can I help? How can I serve? I love my church. What can we do? And we're like, well, we're in the middle of this, this situation. The school is in a building that is to come up. The lease is out, uh, out and we're having to find another location. And if they're going to be able to move into our building, we've got to complete our building. 
us paying cash and going along is taking so long. We need financing so that we can uh, turbo boost this and get the school in and not so that they can have that opportunity to move and not have to go somewhere else. And uh, so uh, next thing you know, uh, he's talked to so-and-so and called so-and-so. And by the way, he'll, if you ask him for help, he'll, he'll call them even on a Sunday after, a Wednesday night at church, after church at 9 o'clock. He'll call them and say, yeah, this mayor. Uh, here's pastor. I need you to talk to him. And he'll hand the phone right to you. Is that not, is that, that's the truth. Okay. That's how he wants, he wants to help. He doesn't want to put it off and procrastinate. I love that about him. And uh, next thing you know, through one person and another and another, we're able to meet uh, Susan Murphy, uh, vice president of SunTrust Bank. We had gone to many other banks. One bank we had banked with here with the church for 20 some years. And they, they, they said, no, went to another bank. They said, no, went to another bank. They humiliated me, and made, I left there, and I actually cried in the parking lot and, uh, because I'd never been so humiliated for the Lord. It was just like, we're a joke. Churches are a joke. You think that in a, a church is a joke, but then your situation's more of a joke. How, as a pastor, could you have let that your people get to this? And I went in my car, and I had an older SUV, and I'm sitting there, and, and uh, I'm crying, and then I said, okay, man up, Tim, man up, now it's time to go, you know. And I went to crank it, and it wouldn't crank. And it was right at 5 o'clock, and they're fixing to come out. And I said, if I got the hood up, and I'm broke down in the parking lot when the banker's leaving, this, they're going to really say, yeah, I told you so. So I sit there, and I look at my phone as though it was, it was dead too, and I'm looking at it as though it weren't till they all leave. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you're teaching me here, but I am true. This is bad. This is bad. So my phone finally charged up enough that it would cut back on, and I called my uh, the, the mechanic that, uh, that had used it, worked on the truck before, and I called them, and they said, well, you know, they got the voicemail, they're closed, they're not, they're not going to help me, and I'm like, what am I going to do? And, uh, and the Lord said, won't you just go home? And I said, you want me to walk? I mean, I mean, are we in town center, Virginia Beach, you want me to walk? And it was like, no, dummy, crank the truck up, so I just, and it cranked right up. I don't know what that lesson was, but I tell you what. It was I, almost the devil got in there and, and made me think all the bankers were demon-possessed. <laughs> Agents of hell. You know. But our mayor hooks us up, and we meet with Susan. She comes in fellowship hall, looks at the steel out here and all our situation, and she says, I'm going to try to help. I'm going to try to help. And let me tell you what, she went to bat for us and got the infusion of cash to get everything erected and all. And we had others of you, uh, like the Bodalis and the Gambinos, and even our precious elders. I mean, they took out of their retirement money and said, here, let's get started. We, 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 you can take this and get started with it. I mean, they were, I think, the first ones to put anything uh, to get us going and stuff. And here, here it all happened. Thank you, Sister Susan. I saw you wave over here somewhere. There you are. Thank you so much. How about stand up? You're just such a, a, a champion for us. We thank you so much to have a godly banker that doesn't, that doesn't have the love of money, which is the root of all evil, doesn't have that love of money. And uh, so we thank God that she uses it as a tool and a resource and even with us in advancing the kingdom of God. Praise God for that. So this mayor, uh, we need another thing. And next thing you know, he's on the phone. He's working this out. He's working this out. He's working this out. And they were regular, they start coming regular and regular, and then they become part of the church. And then my heart just knits with him, and I love him. He's my brother. At one time, several years back, when I still was fooling myself and thinking I was still a teenager, I said he was like a father to me, and he didn't like that. 
because we're not that far in age, okay? And he's like, wait a minute, don't, what? Like a father? What are you saying? So he's like a brother to me. And this man of God that God has used so tremendously in this house as one of our own partners today, I want you to come. Uh, welcome Dr. Alan Krasnoff, mayor of Chesapeake, Virginia. But he doesn't really tell you I'm old enough to be his father. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Uh, you cannot give this kind of love and not speak to the person next to you. Look at the person on your right and say, you look good. <laughs> now look at the person on your left and say, you look fine. Now give that person next to you a high five. As mayor, yeah, I'm the mayor. <laughs> As mayor, on behalf of Chesapeake, a community of excellence, a city that dreams big and does great things, it is an honor to welcome you to our churches Dedication and 25th anniversary. Yes, one person went, woohoo! <laughs> one person. You cannot get this kind of love and not speak to the person next to you, you know that. Well, this indeed is indeed a new day. Come on now, put your hands together. It's a celebration, glory to God, that's right. Come on now, celebrate his goodness. Celebrate his greatest grace. Celebrate his mercy. Celebrate his love. Oh, come on now. Celebrate his kindness. Come on now. Somebody must be grateful today in the audience. He woke you up this morning, didn't he? Oh, come on now. He made a way where there was no way. Oh, you're not hearing me. Where there was no opportunity, he moved you through it. Yes. Somebody ought to celebrate him. Yes. Yes. Now, can you just bless two people with that anointing that is on your life right now? Touch them or squeeze their hand. Go ahead. You feeling that anointing? You can touch them. Go ahead. They got the anointing too. Come on now. You can put your hand on them. Each one of you have a spirit, a true spirit that manifests change in your lives. Yes, indeed. Abundance is the result of appreciation, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, now that you touch that person, go ahead and squeeze that person's hand so you can know what a real miracle feels like. Go ahead. Come on now. My goodness. Now look at that person next to you and say, I'm so glad you're sitting next to me. Harry, it's okay. 
Now watch this. You'll never see miracles as long as you live within your conveniences. Oh, you missed that. It was a shout-out moment. You'll never see a miracle if you live within your conveniences. Oh. See, now you got it. Walt Whitman wrote, I know nothing else but miracles. Everything but miracles in time will dissolve in the presence of love. This is about knowing you are a miracle and can move mountains that God, El Shaddai, has created for you to step into a new dimension of a high expression of yourself. God can move mountains. See, this side is responding to me. God can move mountains. Look what the God has done. Look at this building, the house of the Lord. God has set before us the concrete of what God can do when you seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you're with me. Thank you. <laughs> Today, you see the visible evidence, the tangible evidence, the concrete evidence. When your faith starts in you, it comes out of your belly and it comes out of your spirit. To God be the glory. You can give it up. Go ahead. You see, you heard from our pastor, and you heard from Steve Button. So what that did was essentially got rid of all these pages. You see, there were at least 20 miracles, if not more, but much has been already said. And, and what's remarkable is I appreciate Susan Murphy for being here this morning from SunTrust. I really do. Thank you. What you don't realize, when we were in that meeting together with the pastor, sitting there, and I said to the pastor, do you want me to say anything? Because I do appreciate authority. And I do appreciate this is the pastor's and the Lord's house. And me, I'm just there as a servant. And he said, no, please say something. And what I said to Susan Murphy was this, why would anybody want to lend any money to this place? <laughs> oh, it's true. And I looked at it, I said, seriously, banks look at, what can we do when something goes broke? What can we do with the property? What do you do with a shell? What do you do with something so way back from the frontage of the road? What can you do with it? And I told her all these things. There's no reason to lend money to here. Because you see, you can't even really Subdivide us and put up a lot of houses, probably, to make a profit. But I said to her, but if you want to 
and this is true, be attached to a miracle. That's right. Oh. If you want to be attached to a miracle, and I proceeded to just tell her a couple of the miracles that was already imparted to you about the sun, the, sun, the snow that was coming, and that the concrete was laid, and about the fact that $55,000 was needed, and all of a sudden there was a person, Jimmy Rogers, who not only gave 15000 but also helped to get us the windows as well as the doors to allow to the enclosure. And for whatever reason, she then seemed to be connected. See, it's one thing to be present. It's another thing to be connected. So certainly, I just want you to know this, because since they took all my lines, which is a good thing, because that means now you can get to eat. Oh, you like that one. Go ahead and touch your neighbor and say, this is big. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, this is gigantic. It's my mammoth. Did I say that right? <laughs> that was my New York accent. This will revolutionize how you think and how you move and how you function. God is setting you in this place to build your faith. Touch three people and say, he's talking about me. Go ahead. You can touch back. Walk the talk, work it, function, flow in it, build in it, dream in it. Jesus is the Lord over all, having ripped this thing out of death and the victory out of the grave. That's right. We come here today with open hearts and now to say yes to God. The building dedication is wonderful. His promise still stands, his faithfulness will never let you down. God's purpose, his virtual, his virtue, virtual. Did I come out right? His virtuousness, his character, his grace. You see, God's resources will be revealed. I'm getting all choked up here, actually. Will be revealed whenever you have faith. His love. This is your confidence. He will never fail you. So, it's each one of you that makes this house of the Lord substantial and illuminating. When his disciples, oh, you don't know who I'm talking about. When his disciples, come on now, give it up. <laughs> Praise and worship his glory to deliver a divine message that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Come on now, stand to your feet. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today at our church dedication in the 25th anniversary. Pastor, come on. You would remain standing, and uh, we have a dedication in response. 
that we all want you to join in. If they get that ready for us on the overhead, uh, when, when it says people, that's you. I'm going to start it, and then the people, you're going to come in, and we're going to dedicate this to the Lord. But before we dedicate this to the Lord, the greatest dedication we could do of all is to dedicate our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is just a building, and it will pass away. But your temple, what God is doing in you, you're eternal being. And as we thank God for the, the big resources and the big connections and all that helped make this happen, none of this could have happened had it not been for you guys. So I just want to say thank you. Each of you have given so sacrificially. Each of you have been so supportive. You have volunteered your time. You have worked extra hours to help give more. And our kingdom advances. You continue to pay the bills every week in this house that we're not a beggar. We're never up here holding up a, 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 a statement saying, if you don't pay this, they're going to cut the lights off. We never have to focus on that because of you. You are so faithful, and I thank you. I thank you. Yeah, give yourself a big hand. Praise God for you. So we're going to close by having this responsive reading of dedication and then we're going to go out and get in the parking lot. We have a drone with a camera. We have other cameras. Um, you're going to get there facing the building. And our wonderful mayor is going to have some big, big scissors that look that has Chesapeake on them. And he's going to be doing a ribbon cutting. We're going to capture all of this for the historical records. So if you want to look up at the drone and smile, your face will be on camera for the years and years to come. But uh, we're, we're going to close out there. And then I think there's goodies that are, have many tables with goodies on it for you to get a little snack to hold you over uh, until you get you some real food here later today. So in this response, uh, it, it's white up there. It says leader. It'll come up saying people, too. I don't know if you can see it uh, to let you know when you come in. So let's dedicate this building to the Lord. But first, let's dedicate our lives to him. Let's just bow our heads. Father. God, you've created us, each of us a creation of your hand. And the body that we live in is a temple, but it's the temple of your Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We open our hearts, we open our lives to you and say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Just go ahead and tell him in this prayer right now. I dedicate my life to you. I consecrate my life to you. From this day forward, I want to live my life for you. To bring glory and honor to you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's do our formal dedication. Being that the hand of God has led us in the planning and construction and sustenance of this church building... And recognizing that we now stand in God's holy presence in this house of worship. Let us all unite in celebration of the richness of God's blessings to us across the years. And let us give God all glory, honor, and praise. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord. O oh, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, obedient to his spoken word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers that do his will. 
Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. To the glory of God, the Creator, who calls us through unending grace and mercy, to the honor of God's Son, who loved us and gave himself for us, and to the praise of the Holy Spirit, who comforts and strengthens and guides us, we dedicate this house of worship for the worship of God in prayer and praise, for the preaching of the gospel, for the observance of the ordinances of baptism and the sharing of the sacred supper of, the, of our Lord, we dedicate this house of worship for forming and nurturing faith across the generations, for the building of Christian character, for the giving of hope and courage to all who gather here, for the teaching of truth, justice, and righteousness. For comfort to all who sorrow, for strength to those who are tempted, for guidance to those who stray from their ways of our Christ, for the building and the support of all who would follow Jesus as Lord, dedicate this house of worship. For the extension of the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth, for the encouragement of evangelism and education, for the promotion of social justice and the building of unity among all peoples. In loving memory of the heritage of the past and the saints who have gone before us in grateful appreciation of the sacred present and in hopeful anticipation of a glorious future that this may be for people a house of worship and that all may know that God is in this place. Let me say that again. And that all may know that God is in this place and that it may be to them none other than the gate to heaven. We dedicate this house of worship and rededicate ourselves to God in whose name we have gathered here across these past 25 years. Now unto you, all of us, now unto you, our God and Savior, who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before you with exceeding joy, be glory and majesty, dominion and power now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. You have just participated in the historical event of dedicating this house of worship, this gate of heaven, to the work and the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now may the God of all peace and the God of all power and the God of all love touch you, fill you, strengthen you, bless you and anoint you as you go into this week bringing him glory and honor and praise forever and forever in jesus name amen have a hug somebody's neck shake somebody's hand give somebody a high five praise the lord and let us go and gather in the parking lot so that we can have that final ribbon cutting and record of history